Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. You had a sparkle in your eye like you were going to interrupt me as revenge. I know because I realized that now every time we do this, we're going to play this game. Oh, you know what? That hasn't happened yet. Oh, (laughs) that's true. Oh, shit. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Oh, well, you know what? Everyone will forget by that. You'll get it in a few weeks. You'll get it in like two. Yeah, two weeks. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. And it's going to be so good. It's going to be very funny. And I get to relive that moment because I was, I had tears in my eyes. (laughs) You did. It was good. It was good. It's fantastic. What week is this coming out? Do I need to orient myself in space and time again? (laughs) I think. Or has that also not happened yet? (laughs) I think this is like second week of, first or second week of July? Yes. First week of July? Yeah, July 6th is the day that you are now currently listening to this that it has aired. Unless oh. you're a patron, you got it early. Yeah. So, Woo! you know, we haven't we haven't done that at the beginning of an episode for a while. We we only do it at the end. You know what? You're going to have to sit through this. Sign up to be a patron at <laughs> www.patreon.com/howtonotgetkilled. You know, because we only yeah, do it at the end. It's true. We only do it at the end. And, I and know, if you do that, then you get the episodes early. How cool is that? Exactly. And I know some of you fuckers are listening and you don't listen to the end. I know it, but you know what? Honestly, I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I'm saying this, but I also never do it to like other podcasts. But I'm going to tell you, if you want our love and respect, you got to listen. Because sometimes that's when our funniest moments happen. We'll say like funny tidbits at the end. Oh, at the very end. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant like just the closing script. And oh, I was no. like, well, like, like sometimes. that's the same every time. I know, but we try to spice part. it up. We do try to spice sometimes. it up. But yeah, we do yeah. have comments at the end. Drew asked me a funny question, actually, when he was editing the other day um, about the closing script. And I I don't know how to take it. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. And then we can call Drew out if we're both equally as upset by it. Okay. Um, He was like, are you guys meaning to sound sick of your own shit when you say the end? Because I know sometimes we'll be like, so sign up to. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of our shtick. And he was just like, okay, because you sound like you're sick of your own shit. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the thing. Is that's what we're going for? Uh huh. Right. I mean, it's I guess. Like, I guess so. I guess I didn't like, realize that that would, that's what that's we, how. But that is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Where we're just like you know we're saying our shtick. I don't know. I feel like I sometimes try to sound peppy. Yeah. Like, I told him I was like we mix it up, and he was just like okay, and he said okay, like I don't believe you, but it's like we do though. <laughs> I just wanted to do a life crisis. And it was more so directed at me. I know it. <laughs> it was not directed at you. It was just no, like, I think um. it's, I think it's just because we have like a that's the way we've chosen to end our show just in case because we know that sometimes we've talked about this before. Sometimes people might be just clicking on a random episode because they want to hear about that case. Yeah. Or sometimes people do just want to start a part podcast in the middle. Like I've heard about people like doing that for a few episodes and then going back to the beginning yes. once they realize if they like it because some people are like, well, I like to pick one that's like not their first episode because maybe they've found their groove a bit and like you know what i'm saying and i've heard people that just like start them in the middle sometimes Mm -hmm. so we never really know if this is your first episode or you're you've been listening along the whole time exactly yeah so that's just kind of the way we we do it i don't have to justify myself no you don't have to like i said i'm pretty sure it was more directed at me i just wanted to hear your thoughts i mean yeah i guess we do sound sick of our own shit but i think i think he meant it in like a jokey way but I think it's more because we like almost we ba- we do read off of it so that we don't screw it up. But like realistically, we have it memorized. Yeah, so I think it's just because we're just like, and here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm reading this, even though I know what I'm saying. But there have been times where like the one time it was like a couple weeks ago when I was just like, oh, I didn't even say the, like the address. It was like for like Patreon. I was just, I just said like, sign oh, yeah, up. you did. You're like, sign up uh, for, uh, <laughs> to be a patron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, I just figured we'd plug it at the beginning because we want more patrons. We're growing. Oh, if you hear Luke just like, I don't know, punching through walls downstairs. texted him and told him. It's okay. You know what? Probably can't even hear it. Every time I'm like, oh, if you hear this, like Drew's like, I know usually like when like Oscar barks or something like that. No, I always like go and listen for it. And I'm like, I can never even hear him. Because Drew's either taking it out or it was just very quiet. Oh, okay. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Drew, take it out. Yeah. Take that out, please. For every time Luke hammers a nail (laughs) and you have to take it out, I owe you one M&M. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to think. Give him nibs. He likes nibs. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. One yeah. nib. He just crushed two bags of nibs the other day, and I was like, 
appalled. Nibs are like they're addictive though. They're one I, of those like they're not for me. Like I they're not the first thing that I pick, but when I worked at the movie theater and sometimes okay. like I'd like for a change or whatever, I'd get one or I'd share one with someone and like it's one of those things where once I start eating them, I like almost can't stop. Okay. I see I You know what I'm that. saying? Where it's like it's, eating I, it to it eat. It would never be even in my top 10. But then when I'm eating them, I'm like, oh, yeah, like they just, I I could just eat get... this whole bag. See, I feel like I'd sooner eat like Twizzlers. I do like Twizzlers. It's but I think it's because time. nibs are smaller. So it like in my brain, it's like, well, I've had less of them. So I need to just keep eating them. I just like the, you know, yanking yeah. it off. Did you ever as a kid used to like drink, drink pop out of them? Yes. With a straw? And then my teeth would hurt and I would just be like, I don't like this anymore. And then you'd forget about it and then it would go all soggy and then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would time. like, sw- I'd start stirring it to see if the like straw would <laughs> disintegrate into my drink. <laughs> and it did. It would. After a while, you'd have oh, to stir yeah. for a well, while. like pop, especially like Coca-Cola. That'll would, like, disintegrate tear right through you. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. It'll I've take seen, the varnish like, off YouTube car shows where they like leave stuff in coca-cola for like a month and it's like oh that's so scary guys guys pop is like not good for you (laughs) it's not it is delicious but it's not no good for you especially colored drinks yeah because they just have more chemicals also i'm not like the epitome of health if you're coming to how to not get killed to get like health tips you're already doing something wrong in your life and (laughs) and so are we Uh uh-huh Oh, so, yeah. And I'm not even ashamed of it. You know what I'm really upset about? This morning when I was packing, I, I was going to bring my chocolate-covered peanuts to have for snack tonight, and I forgot them at home. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I have, Me I ha- too. I have some chocolate. I just don't have chocolate-covered peanuts. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll just drive home and come back. <laughs> <laughs> See you in five hours. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready to jump into this? Ready to rock. Are you? I think so. She doesn't look ready to rock, guys. <laughs> She's like half asleep. Do I sound sick of my own shit? Yes. We've also been recording all day. So if we do sound sick of our shit, it's because we quite literally are sick of our own shit. Of our the sound of our own voices. Yeah. You guys might like hearing our voices, but we're we're just about done. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Never done. Never getting rid of us. Okay, so this week we're covering Robert Hansen. Some call him the butcher baker. I feel like that's so not a fitting name. Uh, first of all, I'm not in support of giving any serial killers nicknames. I really am not. We've made that abundantly clear. I don't like the nicknames. But in this case, it just doesn't suit his crimes. Okay. And also, he just sucks. Anyways, when you hear the butcher baker, what comes to your mind? Sweeney Todd. Like, in what sense? Well, like eating, the, yeah. like, the per- like baking, like butchering someone and then baking like them cannibalism, into, into right? something. Yeah. 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 So that's not at all what this case is about. And I, th- I feel like now I'm wondering if he's just a baker and then he became a murderer. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so lame. Right. That's that's yeah. why it's like it just yeah. doesn't work. It just doesn't work. No. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I know this was requested by a listener at some point, um, but I was an idiot and I never wrote down who requested it. So please message us if it was you because I'd like to, I don't know shout you out or something at some point or just say thanks it was on my list anyways not to like toot my own horn but (laughs) i prioritize things when i've got a list when we have our lists and then people also suggest something that's already on our list it moves up yeah of course that's how the list works guys yeah it helps us decide too because sometimes i'm staring and i'm like which one and yeah sometimes i'm just like i don't feel it but then i'll be like oh but you know what so and so really wants to hear this so yeah i'm gonna do it um, but I actually did also mention this in our most dangerous game episode that we would be covering him at some point because his crimes are very reflective of the most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure what episode we're talking about or even what the most dangerous game is, pause right now and go listen to episode 18, the most dangerous game, mm-hmm. just to get the gist of it. And then you can see how, how it compares for yourself. So anyways, let's get into it. Robert Hansen was born on February 15th, 1939 in Pocahontas, Idaho. Um, he had a like a relatively shitty childhood um, in the sense that he got bullied pretty like relentlessly. Mm. Yeah. It, bullying's never fun, but no. also like it doesn't really, you know, allow you to go on and be a murderer, in my opinion. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not like the <laughs> defining factor. Yeah. We're like, you get bullied, that's it. You're going to be killing you allowed people. To, you're allowed now to go murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was like worked pretty to the bone by his dad at his dad's bakery. Like his dad was a pretty prolific baker. Um, he was super skinny and, quote, painfully shy. 
Um, he was naturally left-handed, but he was forced to use his right hand instead. Um, and, you know, people have theorized that this switch is what caused his lifelong stutter. Okay. I don't know how well that relates, the hand switching to cause a stutter, but... I've never, like, really heard that before in my field, but I yeah. know that... um stuttering is one of those things where like there's so many different causes okay. and um that's why i wanted to ask yeah yeah like it can be caused by like so many different things like a traumatic life event or like psychological events or like you're just born with it and mm -hmm. there's so many different things so like it could have been a contributing factor yeah but i don't think there's any sort of like hard evidence that like that is the only thing, thing could that be like the that could cause a stutter yeah i feel like but it would be more the psychological maybe um stress put on yeah. him like maybe in his life yeah that's that's what i'm thinking um mm -hmm. he had extreme acne that left his face permanently scarred into adulthood oh boy like it, it wasn't just like mild yeah childhood acne like it's it's the extreme kind where it has like your entire face and it leaves like crater like yes. scars yes which is so hard to go through especially when you're a kid because yeah. like kids are fucking mean oh yeah and, and you if you look slightly that. different like you cannot you can't like it's just it's biological and it's not like and i'm sure he probably tried everything under the sun to mm -hmm. not have it and like we even know people that struggle with acne all the time of and course. it's like yeah. it it affects you it's how you show up you present your face and if you're not confident with your face it's gonna have a like an impact on you yeah and it's gonna definitely damage your confidence that's for sure um so all of the girls in school obviously made fun of him and avoided him at all costs kind of treated him like the hunchback of notre dame like he was just Aww. like this eyesore to everyone so he kind of grew up with this like innate hatred for girls and i guess in his like youth started having cruel revenge fantasies which i i don't mm. i mean i i can empathize with i can understand like you just you want to get back, not necessarily like, I'm going to get you, but like one day I'm going to show up and you guys are going to see what you're missing out on. Like, I understand yes, that. Yes, that's like, yeah, that's still like a revenge fantasy. It's just like not in the, not, not on the same level one. as like a psychopathic, dark, twisted. Yes. Not socially acceptable fantasy. Yeah. Right? Like, it's okay to have like a, oh yeah, I can't wait for like, I'll come back one day and I'll be like a rich. Supermodel. And lawyer or something and they're yeah. going to wish, you know, and that'll be my revenge. Yeah. That's fine. Th yeah, that's I think, like very I think we've normal. All had that one. Oh, of course. You're like, like, I'll, I'll like get I remember them. like getting bullied in high school and being like, oh, I can't wait for a like, 10 year reunion when I show up and, you know, yeah, and, yeah. but like realistically, I'm going to show up looking like Jabba the Hutt still. Shut the <laughs> fuck up, Becky. <laughs> I'm allowed to be mean. I'm doing it to myself. It's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like I couldn't really find anything like horrifyingly shocking or alarming about his childhood that would like necessitate a red flag for future issues yeah. obviously yeah like we said bullying 100 percent never really has great outcomes but also most people and i say most strongly here who get bullied relentlessly don't grow up to be serial killers nope most nope yeah. <laughs> i mean Mo we know most, of a few but like 99 percent probably like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'd say it's good it's a good solid chunk of them <laughs> I mean, I know you and me got bullied at some points in our lives. And like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've only killed like two people. That doesn't qualify as a serial killer yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. If they deserve it, it doesn't count, right? Right? <laughs> Shit, how many? <laughs> uh, okay, so let's fast forward to 1960. Robert is now 21. He and a friend, uh, this friend who in my original research, uh, I couldn't find any details about him on my second set of research found out that he was 16. Oh, okay. So Robert, 16. Six, uh, 21. I was going to say 61. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he's 61. <laughs> no, he's 21. So first of all, maybe when you're 21, don't hang out with 16 year olds. No. Um, so they had actually together set fire to the Pocahontas school bus garage and it had completely burned to the ground. Oh, my God. Totally incomplete, annihilating three of the seven school buses. Like, completely oh to just 
ashes. <laughs> quite aggressive. That's quite the fire. Like, I just yeah, wanted to, like, really like, paint that picture because it's not just like, oh, he he burnt a building down and it's... Well, especially, like, I don't know. They must have, like, been sort of setting smaller fires or something at some point leading up to this. But if this was, like, their first... I don't like, know about previous fires. Fire? I like, that's find... a big one. That's a doozy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was part of his cruel revenge of, like, I'm going to get back at, like, the school, you know, kind of thing for his bullying. At least that's kind of how he justified it. Yeah. Not I a justification. Mean, in my it's not, but like, <laughs> but okay, at least there's like in some his brain. sort of like thread of thought there. Yeah. At least there's like sort of a connection I can understand. Mm -hmm. um, they probably would have gotten away with it, but Robert's accomplice had come down with extreme guilt being a 16 year old yeah. um, and turned himself in and implicated Robert too. So, so it sounds like he like wasn't a psychopath. No, I no. think this kid got <laughs> caught up with the wrong person yeah. and knew right from wrong, regretted his actions. And I, I if I remember correctly, because I didn't go too deep into him, but I think he kind of got off with like, you know, you're going to get a fine, but that's about it. Because yeah. he's 16. Like he's still a minor. Which would make sense. Like if a 16 year old comes in and said this 21 year old man yeah, and I did this, yeah. I think any good police officer would realize who's probably running the show there right yeah. yeah um it was also in this year though that robert had actually married for the first time i didn't find his wife's name nor did i continue searching for it because she got off real quick and easy from this so i'm just happy for her okay anyways good. um they were married within like the year that this fire happened but as soon as he was arrested for this fire she like immediately divorced him good so, for her so it was like a really short-lived marriage um great for her looking back i'm sure um but yeah so he was arrested and charged and he was sentenced to three years in the iowa men's reformatory and was recommended for psychiatric treatment so Okay. Imagine if I was just like, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> um, I always say that in every episode, and it, it's never funny. <laughs> I know, but I always find it funny. <laughs> everyone's probably like, it's been 16 minutes. How is that the end? <laughs> so in May of 1963, Robert was paroled, but then had some more run-ins with the law in Minnesota. He got caught shoplifting, which he later on confesses to doing this his whole life. Like, he just would shoplift okay. here and there, just stealing whatever. He goes on to claim that it aroused him sexually. Okay. Yep. Not a good sign. No. He, he actually <laughs> claimed that often after, like, leaving a store that he had just stolen from, he would give the items away. Like, he wouldn't keep them. It was more so, like, the thrill of doing it that had him. Right. Than the actual, like, reward of, like, I really want this water bottle, so I'm going to take it because the water bottle is the reward for me. It was the reward of taking it. Yeah. Which like isn't necessarily uncommon in shoplifters no. like to do it for the thrill and not necessarily for the item or the money, but it's the with him sexual gratification that I yeah. would say is more abnormal. Exactly. Yeah. So however, like the time that he was caught in Minnesota, he wasn't incarcerated on this charge. It was just like a ding on his record. Like pay this fine. Right. Don't do it again. Um, so Robert had grown up, like I said, um, around a bakery with his fathery. Fa right. Fathery. I'm out. Fathery. I said fathery. Fathery. Um, his a good fa name for a bakery. <laughs> yeah, fathery. <laughs> his father was like a super prolific baker in uh, Pocahontas, and Robert had learned everything he possibly could from his father about baking. So it was kind of like a family-run business. So we're moving a little on now. It's 1967, and Robert had married for a second time. Um, they had decided Damn. to just pack up and move to Anchorage, Alaska and open up a bakery there. I, As I, one does, you I know guess. What? I, I don't, I, I couldn't find if there was anything that like urged this like dramatic move, mm. but Maybe they, they made like, that decision. Let's just get away. Let's yep. just go somewhere kind of secluded and. Yep. I also couldn't a find life. a whole lot of information on this new wife. Again, I did not continue searching because, like, sometimes, like, I just like to leave them out, especially if they got out unharmed. Yes. Yes. I just absolutely. feel like I don't yeah. want to subject them to, like, have their names attached to these people for <laughs> forever. So they're just not in it. Yeah. I don't know if that does them justice or not, but that's my idea of no, justice. No, that's fair. I, I, don't know. I get that. That's where I stand. 
So yeah, they moved to Anchorage, Alaska, which is quite a leap. So things seemed great at first in Anchorage. Robert started taking flying lessons. Um, he had purchased his own private plane. He started earning like a reputation as like a really like outdoorsy man, a hunter who stalked um, doll sheep, wolves, bear. Um, he had like a rifle and a bow and an arrow, like... This is really normal, too, for mm. someone in Anchorage. Like, there's, yeah, like, course. a lot of dense forests there. Like, hunting is, like, a big thing. Do I support hunting? Not personally. But this is a thing there. It's cool. Know. I don't have a problem with it. If yeah. you're if you're doing it for oh, a yeah. food source, I have yes. no problem with I, it. I, like, I understand hunting. Would I ever go hunting myself? No. no I no, think no, that's I what I mean I by, I don't think like, I would go. But, like, no, I support, I support hunting like, yeah. for food. I don't support it for sport. But most yeah. people that hunt, hunt for food. Yeah. So and then I'm they okay just like it. they do keep like a trophy of like some other kills and stuff. Like he he actually goes on to have a few records in oh, I didn't write it down. But it's like some hunting publication that he had like broken several records. One was for like the largest uh doll sheep, I think, which is like the kind that has like the swirly horns. Oh yeah. So he had like won a record for that and then another one for a bear, I believe. Um, oh. for just like basically like most significant shot kind of thing. Or, like, biggest catch type deal. Um, so, yeah, he he does go on to be, like, a pretty, like, prolific hunter. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then in uh, – this is when things are starting to ramp up and his, like, cruel revenge fantasies are starting to come out. Okay. They're going to start trinkling out. Okay. His story – I'm going to warn you guys. It's a little bit all over the place. It's not as, like, of a clean, straight timeline that we normally give okay um especially with this one i feel like it's very like i'll be jumping around timelines quite a bit in years and stuff i'm gonna try and keep it as like i don't know easy to follow for everybody but it's just there's not a lot of detail on certain accounts so it's kind of like you have to gloss over things wait for his confession and then go back and fill it in okay just yeah no i just want everyone to know why i'm like i don't know busting through some things so so November of 1971, Robert was driving in the town of Spenard. I can't remember exactly how far this is from Anchorage, but it's like just like a little town. Um, he was stopped at a light and he just glanced over to his side and he saw a woman. She smiled at him and they they exchanged smiles. So naturally what happened next was Robert took this as an invite to literally point his gun at her and demand that she just come with him. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this woman was like, what? <laughs> and yeah. like got away, sped off and reported it. Oh, so she was, wait, sorry. She was in her car too? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought maybe she was like walking no. on the side of the road. I mean, something. from the, from what I researched, all accounts like claimed that they were like in their cars. In their cars like next to each other. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Unless I misunderstood all the research and she was just walking. That's Either so way, weird. she got away okay, good. and reported it immediately, described him, described his vehicle like. Good. Yeah. So he was caught and, you know, he was released while awaiting trial. So they had to like wait, Mm -hmm. you know, which like, I I don't know, maybe like don't leave someone who's just like pointing guns at people free until trial, like maybe hold them. But he was arrested. While he was awaiting trial, he was arrested again. This time, he was arrested for picking up an 18-year-old sex worker in the downtown Anchorage area. He kidnapped her, raped her at gunpoint. She obviously went and reported this, which led to the arrest charges, but the local DA was forced to drop the case because the victim didn't show up for court. Ugh. I know. I know. And that's... Yeah. And that happens a lot. Because, it happens so much. Because, like, how... Oh, yeah. How because how difficult would that be to like go through that? Yeah. And then it's like, well, you have to show up in court and face him now. And like literally sit, sit facing them. Like, yeah. how do you do that? No, I never I never blame anyone when no. I hear that stuff where I'm like, oh, like I I get it. Yeah, it's it's like I wish it could have turned out differently. But like, I understand. I 100 percent understand. <sighs> nor is there any blame placed upon this no. victim. You just want him. You want him to get justice. So you're like, oh, but why you just didn't want you? it to but be like... able to happen without her having to go through more exactly. trauma. 
there needs to be like some kind of thing put in place where it's like these victims can go and like i mean if if, fuck if we're able to make documentaries where people can give their personal accounts and have their entire faces blurred out and their voices changed can we not do the same thing for like victim testimonies yes because like i feel like that should be a thing like as long as someone is there recording that like testimony and says like yes this is 100 Haley giles i'm looking at and i confirm here and i'm signing it that this person gave the account and they give it like discreetly to i don't know whoever yeah, be read out like yeah, by someone like, else like it just yeah yeah so for the case with the woman from spenard the one that he had like pointed the gun at um superior court judge james Fitch, uh, fitzgerald had sentenced robert to five years for drawing the gun on the woman but naturally, he was let out of prison extremely quickly. So, again, keep in mind, he was sentenced for five years. Mm-hmm. He only served from March to June, a total of four months. How is that? I, I don't I don't even know exactly how that happened. I, I thought you had to serve at least 30% of your sentence. I don't know. I, I think some kind of, like, appeal went through where they were just like, this is too harsh of a sentencing, like... Oh my gosh. It okay. makes zero sense to me because that's like clearly someone who's pulling a gun on someone is a violent offender. Like, yeah, that's not right. Not right. Oh my gosh. So after his like release, though, he was assigned to a halfway house. Keep in mind, he still has a wife and kids. Let's just like keep that in mind. They're just like chilling. Yeah, I know. I was just wondering that. I was like, oh, I wonder where his wife is. They're stuff. literally just chilling. I have no idea. Okay. Again, couldn't find a single thing i i saw one account that like occasionally during like things like this he would send them on trips to like europe or something and say he had to stay back to work so like sometimes they just like genuinely were not around okay but like i mean how many trips to europe can you really do and how long can you send them for before you don't have any money left well that and it's like (laughs) are you gonna send them for your entire prison stay which should have been five years or like what's going on yeah So anyways, um, see, he was assigned to a halfway house where he stayed and received psychiatric treatment up until November of that year, which again was 1972. Okay. So after he got let out of the halfway house, he started hanging around the local strip joints. So he would often try and bring some of the girls home, like waving money in their faces, promising them a good time, which is like normal to do at a strip joint. But like, again, most of the like the topless dancers weren't necessarily sex workers. They were just dancers, dancers like. But again, some women would go, some wouldn't like there. There were boundaries and different like, I don't know, roles that were played by these women. Like, yeah, it's up to them. Everyone had their. Yeah, they're different lines that they weren't willing to cross yes right so most of the women later go on to report that they all thought he was kind of weird so that that comes up later (laughs) okay (laughs) he's kind of weird (laughs) i mean i'm getting a bit of that anyways (laughs) uh yeah but like a lot of them also did report that like they initially didn't really fear him because of how he looked and he looked so not confident in himself that like okay they were kind of like well how could he be like a danger Okay. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not necessarily overly tall. I think he's like 5'10 or 5'11, if I remember correctly. Like, he's a very shy person, has a stutter. Like, he isn't scary mm-hmm. when you first interact with yeah. him. Like, he, the it, first impression. You'd yeah. be like, oh, this guy's like way too nervous. Like, I have the upper hand here. Like, I'm yeah. much more confident than him. I'm walking around topless. Like, I'm in charge here. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You would be, you'd feel in charge around him, probably. Yeah. I think we all know, like, shy people like that where you're just like oh this is like a weird dynamic yeah you know so i think that was like the vibe he gave off and maybe that's what some of the women meant by he's kind of weird like so it's now 1973 now that we're moving on this is like when his mm, i I wrote killing spree but it's not a spree um when it started to begin but Mm -hmm. we won't i'm not really going to go in order because again it's mm-hmm. all over the place and it you, doesn't he he you can say he had a killing spree though even though he wasn't a spree killer those are two okay. different things okay yeah that's why i was like i shouldn't have it's just that used before. in like crime to to describe like spree just means like a sustained act over a period of time which it was basically. yeah yeah and it was like but he a wasn't confined. a spree killer I get exactly what you're yeah. yeah that that's what i was trying to avoid saying mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's obviously theorized by most that he essentially started to actually kill because, and this is again, just like what, like a common theory people have is because of his record in the past, essentially just being able to get off so freely Mm -hmm. from earlier crimes that he was beginning to feel invincible because like all of the crimes thus far, like he's had felony charges. Yeah. The fire pointing the gun, like these are charges that like if he were a different race or or anything else, he would be in prison for like the rest of his life. Yeah. But he got off easy. He kept getting off easy. He kept getting slaps on the wrist for like stealing, stuff like that. So And we know that totally feeds the ego of like a narcissistic psychopath. Yes. Right? Where exactly. Like, oh, I'm uh I I'm invincible. Like you said, like yeah. I've I've done all these things and like I've gotten caught for yeah. most of them and exactly. nothing terrible really happened. Yeah. I just got a slap on the wrist or, yeah. oh, I oh so I did four months. Yep. I can do that again. Like, or I just, well, now I know how to not get caught, you know? like Exactly. So that started growing within him of like, I've got this, like, I'm, I'm in control now kind of thing. So now it's 1975. Um, a sex worker had actually reported an encounter with Robert to a rape crisis line. They then forwarded this account to um, the police department in Anchorage. But naturally, in her line of work, she was extremely skeptical of speaking to the cops for obvious reasons. Yeah. She probably thought she was going to get some kind of charge for prostitution at the time. Yeah. Is what they would have charged her with. Yeah. Because um, they'd be more concerned or, with charging her for prostitution than they would be for catching 100%, a rapist. 100%. Yeah. Especially with there's no even be evidence. <laughs> yeah. A priority for them. Yeah. 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 So... When she wouldn't speak to the police, obviously out of fear, they dropped the case altogether. They did talk to Robert, though, about the accusations. They had to follow up. But obviously, they did the very male-centric thing, and they just took his word for it. He had said that, well, we, she just wanted more money for, like, the services and whatnot. Like, and so they were just like, oh, yeah, she's just basically an angry bitch is yeah. what they chalked it up to. Oh, yeah. Which is just... Not surprising. You know what? Even if they had a dispute over money... Yeah, pay her. That's her fucking line of work. Even if that is all that it was, like, yeah, yeah fucking pay pay her her goddamn money. Like, yeah. But that wasn't the case. Like, she was violently attacked. Like, thankfully, Ugh. she got out and yeah. is able to like live and move on again. Not naming this woman. Yeah. So, but they just took him at his word for it. So this is like another ding on his record that isn't permanently going on his record. Yeah. So this is just feeding that like. I don't know. I'm getting away with things. Like I keep doing these like things that yeah. in my mind people are petty. People are telling other people about it and I'm still getting away with yeah. it. Yeah. The police are coming here and going, I know, I agree with you. She Bitches be crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's essentially what's happening. Yeah. And he's probably sitting there thinking like, I can literally do anything. Yep. Yep. And I don't, I actually don't blame him for thinking that way because at the time that's how the system was and is still set up. Yeah. If it's I just, was him and I was yeah. in that mindset and I had the same thought process as him, I would think the same thing. Right? Yeah. So in 1976, um, I know I've mentioned this already, but I wrote it in here. I'm listing all of these like run-ins with the authorities, like just like off, like Mm -hmm. rambling them. But it's because he was constantly under scrutiny, but just kept getting away with shit and nothing just ever came of it. It's just like, it's so infuriating because it's like, because like all of these, like what seem like little things, obviously like rape is not a little thing, but like when, when you start adding everything together, it's like, okay, he could have stopped with the fire. He could have stopped with the gun pointed at the woman. Like, okay, we could have stopped him here. We could have stopped him here. And it's like, at what point could we have just stopped him? Yeah. Like, when when is it like, okay, it's too much? <laughs> yeah. When-, <laughs> when is someone looking at this, like, fucking list of... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's not murder. But yeah. all these other charges. Right? Like, everything under the sun. He's literally done it all. So... In 1976, he got caught and, like, picked up and brought in and arrested for shoplifting a chainsaw. Pardon me. He later claimed that he was gifting this to his father, I guess. This time, the officers were able to treat the offense more severely because this is now, like, a third felony charge. Like, he's had two previous felony charges. Apparently, you know, rape accusation just wasn't good enough for them, so they had to wait till he stole a chainsaw. Um... But yeah, so that now they were like, okay, we can we can get him for this. So they tried to stop him here. However, he appealed that um, that sentence and was released 
like right away, the court cited how Robert appeared to have a pretty normal life, a wife and two kids at home, his own business, and just overall a pretty stable life in the public eye. Okay. Other than his two felonies. Okay. That like, seems yeah, pretty I don't st- understand. Like, that's, what do you- that's, that's what I don't understand. It's like... Even if he had a normal life with no charges, then, like, how is that justification for not keeping him in prison? That's what I'm trying to understand. Like, if you commit a crime... You do the time. You do the time. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to say it? <laughs> you got to do the time. Um, but he does have all of these priors. So and like, how is thing. that a normal life? How does that... That's what I'm wondering is like, how does that equate to having a pretty stable life in the public eye? It's not. No, it's like kind of the opposite. It's kind of the opposite. You, it, you're kind of like living this like, oh man, showy life where you're like, I'm this like friendly baker. I've got my wife and kids, but also like I steal chainsaws and burn buildings down and point guns at unsuspecting women on the street and also rape people. Yeah. So it's like not understanding, not understanding. So instead, the court recommended that of like instead of being, you know, imprisoned, that he just get more psychiatric help. I agree. Yeah, he oh, clearly he needs a whole needs fucking <laughs> onslaught of <laughs> of psychiatric help. This guy I needs have, a team. Like a whole team of professionals. Uh, and that he just be put on pr- probation. For whatever reason, though, and literally I couldn't find a single goddamn reason, the treatment never happened. The psychiatric help never happened this time. The only time he had psychiatric help was the previous time that he was in prison for the fire. That was the only time he received psychiatric help. Weird. Which leads me to my next point of a diagnosis. Oh. I know, because I haven't mentioned it yet. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. I know. So in 1978, Robert had applied for his pilot's license. Remember, he was taking flying lessons, right, bought right. his own plane. You still need a license, though. Even if you've got everything, you got to have that license. On this application, he listed that he takes the drug lithium and put in there that this is to treat his diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Okay. So he's receiving that treatment. Whether or not he's consistently taking his lithium is unsure to me. I'm not sure. Okay. But he did list that on his application. So they had to deny him. Like there are certain medications that you're just like not able to fly a plane with. Fair enough. Yeah. I I don't think you can. I'm not sure. And maybe I shouldn't even say it if I'm not sure. But I don't think you can actually like drive a vehicle while taking lithium. Okay. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about it. Maybe but... I'll correct myself for the next episode or somebody else correct me. I think. Okay. I could be wrong. Maybe it's in like very mild doses, but I could be wrong. Anyways. So then he just waited a little bit, made a second application, and just didn't list any of his disorders or drugs. And he got the license. What? How? What is your system? There's no system. They should be like, hey, wait a minute. We've got two Robert Hansons here. One says that you take this and that you have bipolar. And this one, just a few weeks later, says you don't. And all of the other information is the same birth date, address, everything. So I just kinda... can't imagine, like, I don't know, like how many people in Alaska are applying for plane licenses? Actually, probably quite a bit. But I mean, how many people are actually even there? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, That's four. what I mean. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. In the 70s? Like, yeah, I don't think the population was like that huge over there. So Again, like, we could I be living know. under rocks. We could. I'm just assuming that like it's if overly it's, like, populated. The one place in his town or area that you would apply. Yeah. And there's not very many people living there in relation to like other cities in America. Yeah. And not everyone is applying for a planes license because like half of the people living there are like maybe children or yeah. whatever. So it's like how many people really like, like how at most five percent. <laughs> like how is this slipping through the cracks? How is there even a crack this big to let it slip through? Like, come That's on. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know. You know what, though? Shitty drivers get their licenses. Uh, yeah. I guess it's not the same. <laughs> uh, I mean. Yeah. So anyways, he got his license. The reason why I'm punching this whole pilot's license thing is the plane comes back. Mm. I had a feeling. The plane comes back. Otherwise, I would have just glossed right over this. Yeah. But it does come back. So after the whole chainsaw incident, there was only one more complaint like actually filed against Robert specifically. 
until he was finally tracked down later for murder, which we will obviously get to. Um, this came from a sex worker who had claimed that Robert had held her hostage in a camper in Anchorage. Like one of his campers, I don't know where he had this, if it was on his property or hidden somewhere. But she had in the moment become terrified and convinced that Robert was going to kill her, which she was probably extremely accurate in feeling that way. So literally naked, she broke one of the windows and managed to escape the trailer. But again, even after reporting this and describing Robert in full, nothing came of this. It was her word just some random lady who's a sex worker who walked into the police station against a respectable businessman over a local sex worker. Oh my gosh. And it's like this, it's not like this is the first time someone's being like, Hey, Robert Hansen sexually assaulted me, raped me, held me hostage somewhere. And I broke out whether I'm a sex worker or not. Shouldn't fucking matter. No. Like I, I just don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Because this shit still happens. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know, it's never really gotten better. No. <laughs> like it's just, so the first like indication of a killer at large happened in 1980 when construction workers discovered a woman's remains off of a Klutna road. The woman was stabbed to death, but she was never identified. She was then dubbed a Klutna Annie by police assigned to the work case. This is just like how they referred to her. Yeah. And kind I think of like a Jane Doe thing. Yeah. I think even to this day, a Klutna Annie still hasn't been identified, oh, Okay, which is very sad. Like I, I yeah. this is why we always talk about like, submit your DNA. Yeah. Like seriously, you like, you don't know, you could be related to a Klutna Annie and yeah. we could put her to rest. Like, yeah. Or at least find her family. I don't know. It's somebody is missing her and she yeah. is unnamed. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what just gets me. Later that same year, which was 1980, sorry, the corpse of Joanna Messina was found in a gravel pit near Seward. And a special task force was organized to probe these two killings. Then just shortly after this, um, a topless dancer named Sherry Morrow had been dead 10 months when hunters found her body in a shallow grave beside the Kinnick River, but the discovery brought like authorities no closer to a solution in their case. They're just like, we've got three bodies yeah, and we don't know what to do. No and needs. so far, the only commonality we can see is like, we know two of them are in the sex work field. Yeah. So it was about this time that the discoverance of these three women's bodies, that things were starting to like line up a little bit. And don't worry, I will start to get more into the like details behind his encounters with the women. This is just how the timeline is like laid out in all accounts I can find. It's like very complicated and all over the place. But the police in Anchorage had been receiving dozens of complaints about missing topless dancers or sex workers from friends and family or co-workers or others who might have frequented 4th Avenue, which was like the main hub for a lot of the strip joints in Anchorage and also like a very hot crime spot. Okay. Like um, I, I didn't write it in, but there this was something I had heard in another podcast that like 4th um, Avenue was like run primarily by like I don't want to say a mob, but like a crime gang. Okay. And there was like a leader. So there was like a lot of crime in this area, like a lot of like illegal activity at the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. The police with all of these like complaints and like missing persons reports coming in about these like women, they just right away chalked it up to like it's a transient group and they're all coming from this like crime area. Like we don't really think much about it until the body started showing up. Mm -hmm. so since bodies had started showing up that were matching like saying like these are sex workers and we're receiving complaints about sex workers that are going missing that like parents haven't seen their daughters in how long yeah this is when the police had realized and confirmed that since 1980 that at least six women for sure who were dancers from the fourth avenue clubs had disappeared so they were like these oh, gosh they okay. started with six yeah there's more <laughs> there's a lot more than six yeah i believe it's 17 in total but i will correct my number in a minute so the police uh formed what they called the dancer task force to start officially investigating the disappearances finally yeah 
I mean, start right away. Oh. <laughs> like, I that's the only advice I could give to any, like, police unit is just yeah. like, hey, if there's a missing person, maybe don't wait until there's, like, six of them. Yeah. Just be like, oh, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to look for this person. Yeah, I'm going to look into it. Because like, it's really, that's your job. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, because, like, if, tr- let's, let's just for, for just like a second pause and just pretend sex work is something else. Um, I'll say knitting. I'm a knitter. Mm-hmm. So let's say you go in and you're like, I'd like to report my, my friend missing and she's a knitter. And they were like, <laughs> no, that we're not even going to look into that because she's a knitter. She just must be a loose cannon. Like how ridiculous does it sound? Mm-hmm. It sounds absurd. Yep. So why do it for some other profession that yep. it, it sh- it's also absurd? Yep. And also too, it's kind of like, well, maybe look into the the customers the people that would have had last interactions with these women. It's just, it feels like common sense to us, but it's not to people that are like in this field that have the power to like yeah. save these women. I get fired up. I got to stop doing know, these man. cases because no, it just makes me so angry. It's like, upsetting. man, it fucking sucks being a woman. Holy shit. I know. <laughs> like, I like sometimes I it's forget like, just how <laughs> shitty it is. And then yeah. we do a case like this where I'm like, and even oh. if you're honestly, even if you're not a sex worker, like, and they were like, oh, you just. They ran away or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you find a body, I guess that's sometimes they treat it differently. But it's like still like we've talked about cases where sometimes they're like, ah, whatever. Well, I, and I, sometimes <laughs> like, I think about like the Clifford Olsen case where yeah. children, literal babies yes. <laughs> were going missing and they were like, oh, they're transient. Yeah. And you're you, I'm sorry, you're telling me a 12 year old is they're transient? They're off just working odd, odd jobs. They're 12 and a half, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like the kid doesn't even know how to ride a bike and you're calling him <laughs> transient. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's just, I get way too fired up. I'm going to stop doing cases like this. I'm going to start doing different ones. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> so now on September 13th, 1982, another body was discovered in a shallow grave by the Knick River, pardon me, about 15 miles north of Anchorage. The body of the woman was uh, shot once with a, I never know how to say it because I don't know guns, but it's like 0.223 caliber. Is that like 223 or... 22, two, three? Two, two, three. I don't, I don't know. Some know. kind of caliber bullet. <laughs> we're, we're, we don't know. Yeah, I we know, know nothing about guns. <laughs> I know nothing about like weaponry of any kind. I don't, I obviously, I, like I said, I don't hunt. I don't know these things, yeah. but it's listed. So I wanted to include it in case someone's like, oh, that's a really bad kind or something, you know? Someone yeah, else like maybe might... it means something to somebody else. We're like, it's yeah. a gun. <laughs> I'm like, aren't they all brutal? It shoots brutal? bullets <laughs> and kills people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So later on in September, the police were finally able to identify the victim as Sherry Morrow. She was a dancer at the Wild Cherry Club who had disappeared in November of 81. So almost an entire year prior, she Mm -hmm. had gone missing and was reported missing. Mm -hmm. After discovering this fourth body and comparing all of the victims thus far, this is when the police realized that they did have a serial killer on their hands. Mm Mm-hmm. Because this is now four victims that are all falling under the category of sex worker. Most of them were reported missing. They're now like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a yeah, that's a thing. It's quite it the pattern. some people longer than others, I guess. Yeah. But since Sherry's body was found just a little bit outside of like the jurisdiction of, I think, like the Anchorage police, the... um Like in comparison to the other three bodies, the state and the city did combine forces and like shared information started compiling a list of suspects from like all over to try and get like a more umbrella i don't know get their bases covered they started to try and get their shit together so that's good yeah yeah um the first thing that they did was like re-canvas the women on fourth street again for questioning Mm -hmm. that's that's appropriate i think that's a good spot to start one name that kept coming up when they would go and question the women was you guessed it Robert Hansen. Oh, of course. And they just kept saying about, you the know. weirdo at the strip club. Yeah. And it, it was never like, oh, I, I think he did this. Or it was always no. just like, oh, I got like a vibe about this guy. Like, because they would list out their customers and say yeah. like, which ones made them feel a certain way. Like, or they had a bad encounter or they were forced to do something that wasn't agreed upon. Yeah. So they kept naming him. So then... On June 13th, 1983, 
a patrolman saw a 17-year-old girl named Cindy Paulson. She was also a known sex worker in the area. She was running down Fifth Avenue, handcuffed and barefoot, running and screaming frantically. Oh, my gosh. The patrolman, Greg Baker, picked her up, brought her to safety at a motel. She, like unloaded the whole story to him once she had finally calmed down um saying that she was held hostage by a man i don't think she knew her name knew his name he like had handcuffed her to the car held her at gunpoint took her to his house where he then chained her by the neck to a pole in the basement she said that the basement was and she like explained it in extreme detail like she explained his face in extreme detail his car in extreme detail mm-hmm. the basement of course like she said that there was like animal heads everywhere like trophies from hunting like little details all over that she was like this and yeah. this and yeah. this then she went on to explain how the man raped and tortured her repeatedly before attempting to load her onto his plane. Like, so he got her in the car, drove her to where, like, the hangar was, tried to get her into the plane. But when he was turned around, she was able to, like, break out. Yeah. She kicked her shoes off intentionally, leaving them in the car, specifically to have it so that if his car were to ever be searched, it wouldn't just be hit her word against his. Yeah. There's evidence in this vehicle yep. that she's been there. We're ending there. <gasps> I no. know. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was like the... Uh, I know. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I know you good, were not good, expecting it. It's a good place to end because I like here. I I always said that. I'm like, you do the best cliffhangers. I know. Well, I try, that's why I was like, okay, this one's short. The next one will be longer. But, yeah. but like good for her, though. I know. Like, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I obviously don't know how it ends or if this comes back around. But like, she's it, okay it, in the moment. It's it's good thinking. It's very it's good genius. thinking. She's okay, and you're obviously sacrificing where you're like, I'm going to be running barefoot for like, a while. Barefoot. It's Alaska. I'm assuming it's very fucking cold. Yeah. And this um, was in. Uh, well, it's it's in June, so it wouldn't be like freezing, crazy cold. But still, but it's like, still like even June here sometimes we're cold. Yeah. So like yeah. I can't even imagine over there. It's probably still cold. It's yeah. probably still snow on the ground. I, would, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I guess I always picture Alaska just having snow. Yeah. But I don't think they do. I actually have a few Alaskan knitting friends. Yeah. So um, can you guys please like message me and tell me what it's like in June? I, I really want to like orient myself and know <laughs> yeah. now because yeah. this is going to drive me nuts. Yeah. What, was it? what would it be like in June for this person? Yeah. But still, either way, suck. Running um, without barefoot. shoes on. Yeah. Across like probably like gravel and pavement and whatever. No, like, not fun. Suck. Like, so not fun. Good for you for making that sacrifice to maybe yeah. like help catch this guy. Yeah so yeah. it it gets insane oh, i know this i this have a feeling <laughs> i know this probably didn't seem as like wild but it it gets wild especially and you gotta when set I, the stage you I, know you have thing. to get the background out like that's I, just that's the way like, it goes let's yeah. just blow through the background because fuck them and then we're gonna go deep yeah yeah oh my goodness yep the things that are running through my head right now you don't even know you don't even know Ooh. See how's it feel? You you did it to me the other the other episode with, I guess again it hasn't come out yet, but that one fucked me up. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I don't that. think the cliffhanger was as good, but like the case, yeah, like what was going well, you stopped on. We at like a peak. Like... What I don't say I I wouldn't say it was like a cliffhanger. It was just like ah shit, we were just getting there. Like, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's that's part one. Part two, we're gonna go way more into detail about the victims and all of the heinous crimes that occurred and more as to why I told you to go listen to episode 18 first. That, yes. That which is up. why I'm so curious. Yeah. Got to wait. That was me doing like a sneaky little like cheeky sound She's by the like way. Like doing the eyebrow thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So, sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com/howtonotgetkilled. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to howtonotgetkilled at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at howtonotgetkilled. And you can follow us on Twitter at h2ngk. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Keep it sleazy. See you later. Bye. Bye.